listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. To participate in the show, visit my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click the contact link and send in your question or comment there. I'll use it as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call 757-774-8482. You can call or text that number, 757-774-8482. Yes, indeed. This is the Fret Files Podcast. My name is Eric Daw, your guitar scientist with over 20 years of experience building and repairing guitars. This is a podcast about guitar science, guitar news, guitar opinions, guitar fact, maybe even guitar fiction now and then. We get into all kinds of things guitar-related here. Um, Things are going well. You know, I thought I'd start off by telling you uh, what's been on my bench lately. I am doing a neck reset on a 50s Gibson Southern Jumbo. I'm working on some uh, Dan Electros, uh, some Silvertone branded Dan Electros U1s and converting them to uh, Telecaster style, putting Telecaster bridges on Dan Electros, which is something that I've been known to do. So I've had two different customers supply me with vintage Silvertone Dan Electros to put Tele bridges on, a lot like the one that that I have. I've already got one, and people see it, and they say, I gotta have one. What else am I working on? Uh, I'm doing a neck reset on a uh, a 70s Gibson 335. Uh, A lot of of fun stuff. A lot of neck resets. uh, uh, Maybe I need to raise my neck reset prices. (laughs) Everybody seems to be sending me neck resets. I just uh, finished a, a Martin neck reset, too. So, that's what's going on in the shop. It's getting cold in Idaho, so I finally, finally, I got my heater installed, and I'm so excited about it. Now I have heat. I'm ready. I am ready for snow. Things are going to be good. Uh, shall we do some guitar news? I don't. I'm just by myself here today. Melissa's not with me, and we're gonna do we're gonna do an interview for the last half of the show. But uh, I thought I'd do some guitar news, and then we'd have an interview. So the interview is with A.D. Barron, also known as Ole Fuzzy, and that's going to be the last half of the show. Really a great interview, one of my favorites I've done so far, uh, just because I've always wanted to talk to him. So if nothing else, it's just an opportunity to hear a voice that uh, I've waited a long time to hear. (laughs) So uh, let's do some guitar news, shall we? Guitar news. Well, Eric Clapton is in the news, believe it or not. Uh, it's He had kind of a shocking statement. Maybe the guitar is over. He said at a press conference earlier this, earlier this month, he's promoting the screening of his new documentary, Eric Clapton, Life in 12 Bars, at the uh, Toronto International Film Festival. The master musician wondered aloud if the best days of the instrument may be behind us. I think that's a little short-sighted, but 
we've talked about that before. According to the article, Clapton was told that guitar sales have been on a steady decline and that music education typically leans towards horns and strings. I didn't realize it was that bad, Clapton said. Then he continued, I'm out of touch. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where it's going to go either. I think anything that has a natural process will end up where it's supposed to be. I don't know. I think that this is a lot of hogwash. The, the guitar's not washed up. Clapton then noted that his own children listen to classic rock, but that may only be because of me, because that's what I've played to them. I mean, from the time of their conception, they've been listening to music through the womb. You know, it's amazing how many younger people, this is me talking, not Clapton. It's it's amazing how many younger people listen to classic rock and uh, blues and all kinds of guitar music. You know, not everybody listens to uh, synth pop, Clapton. I don't know. Maybe the guitar is over, Clapton said, laughing again. Uh, he added, he believes in music. Is it? It's all good, even stuff that doesn't appear to be so. It's all good. So anyway, that's what that's what Mr. Slowhand says. Uh, for what it's worth, guitar sales are down. I mean, he's right about that. Uh, but they were down in the 60s when, when the Beatles were trying to get a record deal. So we've talked about that before. So I tell you what, I'm not going to agree with Eric Clapton. In other news... There is an amazing company making guitars out of skateboards. That's right. Old, used skateboards. Uh, and they are made out of plywood, basically. It's it's a strange, uh, like, multicolored plywood. It's actually kind of a beautiful thing. And, of course, it's in California, the home of skateboards, electric guitars, and uh, all kinds of things. Recycling, right? Uh so, Nick Porfard is a Bay Area guitar builder and a, a skateboard enthusiast, and he's come up with a crazy combination that totally works. His San Francisco company, Prisma Guitars, they recycle old skateboard decks into colorful, completely West Coast-styled guitars. And when he's finished, uh, he has crafted a one-of-a-kind skateboard guitar, right? The Prisma Guitar Crew is three people, and they build three or four guitars a month. So check that out. Prisma guitars. They're pretty cool. It looks like they're generally Fender-styled and uh, multicolor. They're pretty neat. I like them. So there you go. There's that. Other news, a uh, Vancouver music shop owner disagrees with Eric Clapton. He says, the guitar, the electric guitar is here to stay. The popularity of electric guitars has waxed and waned over the years, says this this uh, news story from CBC News. And uh, a Vancouver music shop says, more women have become interested in, in the instrument. Yeah. Blaine McNamee, the owner and operator of Rufus Guitar Shop on Alma Street in Vancouver, said sales have declined in recent years, but we did see a little dip in electric guitar sales, said McNamee. I think that was because the acoustic guitar got really popular, but we didn't see the death of electric guitars. McNamee said there's been a significant increase in the number of young women picking up a Gibson or a Fender at his shop. In a conversation 
with CBC Music Reporter, that's Canadian Broadcast Company, right? Lisa Christensen McNamee said there's been a resurgence in female players, especially in the Vancouver underground music scene. His shop runs guitar classes, and almost half the students are women. Half? That's amazing. That is totally amazing. I have about 500 guitar students here at the shop. Every year we do two concerts, and we have 10 to 15 girls who sing and play Taylor Swift songs. (laughs) Well, McNamee acknowledged sexism is a problem in the industry. He said it's electric guitar-wielding women like Taylor Swift who are paving the way for equal appreciation and recognition among musicians. However, he said it's still not uncommon for women to face undue criticism in the guitar community. I've heard from a lot of friends of mine, my employees, or our women customers, said McNamee, that they'll go into other guitar stores and be dismissed. He said people wrongly assume a woman is there to buy a guitar for a boyfriend, a father, a brother, or a husband. Well, that's a shame. Anyway, he says... uh, the saving grace is going to be female guitar interest. So there you go. Take that, Eric Clapton. <laughs> Let's do a little break, and uh, we'll be right back with an interview with Ole Fuzzy. You know, I don't only repair guitars, right? I also build guitars, and they're called Pinup Custom Guitars. You can check them out online at pinupcustomguitars.com. That's P-I-N-U-P, customguitars.com. And uh, I've been putting off making a commercial for so long because it's just, it's, I don't know, it. What good would it be for me to tell you about them? Because obviously I think they're great. I make them. Obviously I think they're the best. I make them. So I decided what I would do would be uh, to put out the call uh, for some owners of some of my guitars to uh, tell you what they think. And uh, so that's what I've done. So I'll, I'll, I'll let some of the owners of my guitars tell you about them. Hey, this is Darren Jones from Jones & Fisher. Hello, this is Scott Marshall Watson calling. Just wanted to let everyone know how much I love my pinup guitar. Eric Dawes, pinup custom guitars. Can't say enough good things about them. It's the closest thing that I've personally found to being anything like a, a real vintage 50s Telecaster-style guitar. My name is Jay Boone. I am an owner of two pinup guitars. Eric makes guitars that remind me of the, the real vintage-style guitars, and that's what appeals to me. It makes me personally a better player. A very vintage-sounding instrument. Very light and resonant. And I use it all the time. I play with it regularly. Uh, I love the feel of the neck. It's a fat 50-style neck. This is Joshua Delaguerre. This guitar makes all other guitars that I've owned personally feel like toys in comparison. I love the guitar. It's my my main rig when I'm out on the road. I I ended up buying two of them, and I, I use them both on a regular basis. I tell you what, if I have the money, I don't tend them. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate the eagle eye for quality and, and uh, attention to detail. I'm a big fan. Way to go, Eric. Great job, Eric. I really appreciate it. Check one out for yourself. Well, there you have it. And if you've been wondering what my guitars sound like, you've been listening to them all along. Uh, that last song was was uh, Darren Jones. 
Jones and Fisher using his pinup, and all the other music is me using my guitars. And uh, I just, you know, these guitars are what I call vintage-style recreations of famous 50s guitars. I don't make Telecasters. I don't make Stratocasters. Only Fender makes those. These are tributes to those guitars. And uh, Telecaster, Stratocaster, those are registered trademarks, obviously, of the Fender Music Instrument Corporation. Hey everyone, it's Melissa. As many of you may know, I make tooled leather guitar straps. Each strap is cut, carved, stamped, dyed, and finished by hand. My straps are made to last a lifetime. Visit melcoleather.com to check out my designs or contact me with your custom order. Contact me through my Etsy site or melcoleather at gmail.com. Podcast listeners will receive 15% off their order on Etsy when they use code FRETFILES at checkout. melcoleather.com. M-E-L. Well, I've got a great interview for you today. I uh, am going to talk to my old friend, Old Fuzzy. And uh, he's a guy, if you know who Old Fuzzy is, then it means you're you're a fan of the Fender Telecaster. Um, His real name's A.D. Barron, goes by Old Fuzzy. And uh, I first became aware of him years ago on the uh, Telecaster discussion page on the internet, the TDP. And uh, he used to post there, and he used to post the most interesting stuff, and it was always really Tele-specific. And if anybody ever had questions about Tele's, they could ask Old Fuzzy. And, man, the guy just had an encyclopedic knowledge, it seemed like, of um, Telecasters and, and Telecaster specifics. And what was original, what wasn't, and what to look for, and how to fix them. And uh, the guy was just a uh, like a like a like a tele encyclopedia. And uh, fast forward a little bit, the TDP changed hands. It turned into the TDPRI, RI for reissue, right? Telecaster discussion page reissue. And old fuzzy was still around, but he uh, he quit the discussion page because it uh, kind of got off topic there and he got he got fed up with it and uh, so I never knew whatever happened to old fuzzy and there was no way to you know really get in touch with him until facebook came along and I was so tickled when I found old fuzzy on facebook uh and uh then you know actually saw his picture which was a first you know <laughs> and uh he's just a guy that I've always um thought was a super interesting guy, real knowledgeable, real friendly, and uh, I was just tickled to run into him on Facebook. So I've been talking to him for years on Facebook, and uh, been mentioning the podcast here and there, and, uh, you know, finally got him talked into doing an interview. And I really, I had to kind of twist his arm to get him to do it, because he didn't want to get into a uh, real specific discussion about, about, um, Telecaster details. Well, Fuzzy's 75 now, and uh, he uh, uh, he didn't want to get mired into a, a, a memory game about, about, you know, patent numbers and decals and capacitors and all the minutiae that, that uh, sometimes vintage guitar collectors obsess about. So we just wanted to have a nice conversation, and I wanted to get I wanted to get a, a recording of of old fuzzy if nothing else to hear his voice and to see what he talked like because in the days of the telecaster discussion page he used to post in uh 
like crazy uh, hillbilly language. <laughs> he used to type out, you know, crazy pronunciations, like like redneck pronunciations of everything. And I always wondered if he talked like that, what he sounded like, you know. So, so now I know because I uh, just got done interviewing him. But I'll play this interview for you. So I didn't. He he didn't want me to record until about halfway through. I I talked him into it. So the first half of our conversation is lost forever because he did not want me to. Uh, he did not want me to to record it. But we talked a little bit about uh, a little bit about Telecasters, and then I finally I said, "Look, you know, we got to record this, man. You got to let me record this." And he he finally said, "Okay." So. So we recorded it, so there's really no... We just kind of go right into it. There's no uh, there's no greeting or anything like that. We just get right into it. But here's the thing that th- about this interview. I'm going to post it anyway because I thought it was so great, but the audio is not that good. I don't know if he had a bad cell phone connection, and uh, it, he gets a little bit hard to understand sometimes because of the connection cutting out and whatnot, but um, I think it's definitely worth a listen, and uh, it was it was one of the most fun interviews I've ever done because I've always wanted to talk, always wanted to talk Telecasters with Ol' Fuzzy. And, uh, so here we go. Ol' Fuzzy, A.D. Barron, Ol' Fuzzy, and the Telecaster, and me. Well, yeah, if it, if we have a problem, I'll turn it off, but I'll turn it yeah, on. Yeah, it's right. just general conversation. Uh, yeah, man, just going, yeah. Do you remember the first Telecaster you ever saw? Yes, I do vividly, vividly. What year? Nineteen fifty-three. Wow. Fifty-two, in Angels Camp, California, a little tiny place way up in the hills, and they had brought up what uh, the uh, first uh, Telecasters by Fender, yeah, north to try to make sales, and they had one in there in the window, and I saw that, and that's when I fell in love. Wow, so right from the start, man. Yep. I never got one because I couldn't afford a you know, yeah. poor kid, but I always dreamed. I, used to, I had dreams. I had drive along my dad's old Buick in the back seat, thinking, gosh, I wish I had that. And I, I never learned to play good. I never learned to play good. Yeah. According to some people's standards, but <laughs> I didn't get really into to on up into fifty seven six and seven eight and nine I had a silver tone and and dad got me an escort. Oh. And you know I played the silver tone because it had more knobs on it. I didn't know exactly what I wanted, you know, in life. Yeah. And you were playing country music at that time right? No at that time it was Johnny Rock uh, rock and roll with rock Johnny and roll. Passion. Yeah, teams of trio and uh, <laughs> yeah, anybody that, that played at that time in the fifties. So your first, and, uh, so your first Fender was an Esquire. Yeah, and it it was probably a used one, right? Nah, no, it was brand new. Dad bought Dad bought that deluxe amp. It was actually Dad's Esquire. Yeah, he liked them too. But yeah. he locked them in the closet. I couldn't play them. Either one. Yeah. My mama would sneak them out for me and let me play them. Oh, She'd wow. Sneak them back in the closet and lock them up. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. 56 and 7. Yeah. 
So it wasn't really, it wasn't your Esquire, it was the old man's Esquire. Yeah, it was uh, because I, we, I could afford it, or could he afford to buy one? You know, well, they were cheap, but not now. I mean, not, not according to the standards. In other words, they were just expensive or more yeah. than they would be because of uh, inflation. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then later on, you know, people kind of disregarded the Telecaster and threw it aside. That was that was a shame. Uh, they were all after the Gibsons and the Gills and the, yeah. and the Silvertones. Me too. I I like that four knobs and two pickups and yeah. it felt good, but didn't sound right. Nothing ever sounded right. So you. You you remember the days in the sixties and seventies then when you could pick up an old Telecaster for fifty bucks? Oh yeah, the the uh, one that I had stolen at the Chico Club was a fifty nine Esquire. Yeah, that I had, but I had picked up a pickup. I I brought three home guitars home from Vietnam that a guy made over there, Lam oh. Ho, and he also this Fender copy amps. And oh, we wow. played every night at wow. the clubs. In, v- in Vietnam? One of the you played in clubs <laughs> in Vietnam while you were in the service? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, that's cool. The group was the Mystic Five. Yeah. And we played down in their base. And we were booked every night at once, twice on Saturday. We played a man me. Wow. For all the servicemen? Yeah, for all the servicemen. Wow, that must have been fun. Oh, it was. We got to meet some nice bands because they imported them in from the Philippines and all around. Wow. But when I came back, I brought my dad home a bass and uh, uh, a guitar. And then I kept two. And I had them laying around here, but, they, you know, they wouldn't hold up there. Wood was beautiful, especially the bass, P bass. I got pictures of that stuff. Yeah, but I didn't really get Esquire or Telecaster cheap until oh, it was seventies actually. Yeah, and I bought one from I needed a guitar, and I bought one from uh, an Esquire fifty nine mm-hmm. from Larry Ramsey down at Willows, and I gave him eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. Yep, with the case. And, no, I didn't have a case. No case. And I immediately stripped it down to Bellwood, covered it with Verithane, put that pickup in it for a neck pickup, and took Verithane and put it on the neck on the frets. Oh, yeah. All up to the, oh, the frets. That Verithane was a good 16th of an inch thick. <laughs> just, just, and I loved that telly. I loved it. It, it was so fast. Wow. I remember to this day. Wow. And about, I was always into wrenching on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I started taking them apart. Yeah. And look at if I could improve on them. Well, back in those and days, you, you couldn't get parts, could you? I mean, could. No parts, no, yeah, everything you had to do with radio parts or caps. And he was talking about trying to find capacitors. You couldn't find them. Yeah. You know, and, and pots. Well, even saddles, 
you know, things like saddles and uh, and tuners were. I made all mine. Yeah. Wow, you made your own yeah, saddles. Yeah, yeah. I still have. I still did that for a long time. Wow. Take a valve, you know, about a steam valve from uh, the old steam valves had a stem on them. Yeah. Just get them and get the right size. Uh, you know, five sixteen or so, and cut them and thread them, thread them with 632 thread for the two uh, screws. Yeah. Take and cut off uh, the screws, and I made a lot of them. I have that one. I don't know if you ever saw it or not on my uh, the Telecaster Double Trouble Table Caster. Yeah. I, I made made the bridge, made everything. Wow. <laughs> by hand. And you... You used to make pickups too, didn't you? Or at least rewind them. I rewound a few, but it got to be futile. It, it just it took too much time, and and at that time, by the time I felt comfortable with it, you could buy them. Yeah. Buy yeah. replacements. So. Yeah, like Seymour Duncan's and stuff like that. Well, yeah, you could order them from factory too. They're oh. expensive. Oh, really? Wow. The problem with pickups and messing with pickups is so fragile. Yeah, they really are. Yep, I, I messed up a lot of them. Yeah. What What's your favorite uh, year for the Telecaster? Do you have a favorite year, favorite model? Well, I like the non-string through 59 was. Oh, the top loader, uh, yeah. Top loader. And I liked those for years. But my favorite uh, Telecaster years are about from 70 to 75. Yeah. Because of the uh, capacitor, that's something you, I got to, you got to meet Paco, I got get you to him. He always asks me what my favorite pickups and what I do, blah, 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 you know, uh, off and on. Hmm. So I told him a long time ago that my favorite pickups were Seymour Duncan 5.2s. He bought some, and oh, he just went on and on. <laughs> then he asked me, well, what about wiring? I said, I'd like to have the 70s to 75, 8 uh, uh, treble bypass capacitor in there. Yeah. Because I like a sharp jelly as long as it's got the bottom end. Yeah. Well, he took it to another step. He made that switchable. And I never thought of doing that because it never had any pops that would, you know, you pull it and switch. Oh yeah, yeah. So you pull the gonna, pull the knob uh, and it engages the the treble bypass. Yeah, it engages it. It is remarkable. I'll have to send you that on Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah. Do that. You got it, It's a it's a long drawn out, but it's fantastic. Huh. Oh yeah. And that was one of my favorite modica- modifications. Yeah. Or non modifications. Everybody took them out. Oh yeah, right. Everybody clipped them out. Yeah. Now that that era of Telecaster had pretty thick finish, but you like that thick finish on the neck, right? You like? Oh, the... I love polyurethane. I I loved it when that came along. Now I'm different than that. Just about everybody else, and hell, they want lacquer on there. I yeah. hated it. Yeah, it, it chipped off. It broke. The yeah. decals came off, and, and it get, <laughs> sometimes it gets sti- <laughs> sticky. You know that lacquer gets sticky, and poly doesn't really get sticky. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, it's Sometimes almost... it cracks, but... Yeah. And the, and the 70s run of Telecasters was rather heavy, but I had 
I had two seventy eight eight yeah two seventy eight. One was ten and a half pounds. They were identical twins, and one was six. Oh wow! wow. I have the pictures of them on scale and everything. Yeah, they vary a lot. I've seen I've seen light ones from that era. Yeah. So yeah, everybody's gonna get. Yeah, what'd you say? And I. I kind of fell out of love with new Telecasters about 83, 82, 83. Yeah. Cause they started making that stupid, uh, they changed them all ridge. Well, that's when the company sold. Yeah. And they ch- started making a bunch of changes. Yep. Yeah. And I'll hope with the worst. I didn't until maybe before when the issue came out, I fell in love again. Oh, those reissues. Yeah. Those are great. Oh, I love the reissues. Yeah, they are nice, especially for the money, man. You know, you can't hardly buy the old ones anymore because they want a million dollars for them, but the reissues are, are nice. Yep. Uh, I about the, you know, the later stuff. I haven't bought anything or dealt with any anything later than about 95. Yeah. Or maybe 2000. Yeah. But I, I went into a music shop in Chico and had one up on wall. So I asked the guy to, could I pick it up? And it, I, I swear that thing, when I picked it up, it floated to the ceiling. <laughs> the lightest reissue I have ever touched. Yeah. But I didn't have the money to buy it. It was 1100 Yeah, 1100 Oh, wow. At that time. Yeah. But I love it. What do you think but of it? I love most. Go ahead. What do you, what's your opinion of the modern... Fender Company as a company, do you, how do you feel about what they've done with their their legacy, with their with their brand? Uh, I never did that. Well, I hate to say it, but like you, I pretty care for little Fender. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. You know, he was nothing to me. He, he did the best car, best guitar ever. Yeah, but he didn't play. Right. And he was a seven old. You know he. It just really impressed me. A lot of people go on about him, but yeah, he had an ear like mine, and that was the only thing. He he knew what he wanted to hear. Yeah, and he made to pick up some stuff. But uh, when CBS took over, I was already pissed off at, at Fender for making the custom with the binding copy and Gibson, and that oh, yeah. that was in the '60s. Yeah, sure. And and I just fell out of love with Fender altogether. Yeah. Until a little later, and realized that they hadn't changed it that much. Just, just the looks. Yeah, sure. So that's why I like seventies, sixty, sixty-nine, seventy. I have sixty-sevens and like that. But that's bad for me. That was the time I started liking them again. Yeah. You you ever mess with the wide range humbucker? Do you like those uh, tellies with the no. wide range? Yeah. Oh, I don't like telly yeah. with the humbucker. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Any, same way. Anything. Yeah. Because you can make them sound any way you want to. You can parallel those pickups. You can yep. put a, 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 neck, a bridge pickup on the neck with a little bit of routing. Oh, yeah? I've wow. done that many times. Wow. And, and you can reverse the polarity. Yeah. You can re, reverse the magnetism. I've tried all that stuff. I've done it. Yeah. I don't know. And but, you you were doing it back in the seventies. I mean, this is way before everybody was messing around with that. So, yeah, wow, back to the sixties. Yeah, that's why I got a, a whole thing full of telling. 
But then I started checking them and, you know, memorizing things I saw. Mm -hmm. And I was already collecting them. Uh, I can't remember the exact date, but uh, Bill Hightower, when I, when I got the name Fuzzy, it was from his brother, Jeff, who yeah. is a Western band in 68. And he let me play the Stratocaster. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what it was. I, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't paying attention, I guess. Yeah. So, but later on, a friend of ours died, a fellow musician here in the area. And Bill said, I'll tell you that, that tell you if you want. And I said, uh, by that time, I knew what it was. Yeah. And I said, okay. And so he sold it to me for $2,000. And that's my old Richard one. Oh, huh. The oldest telecaster I have is an old no-caster. No oh, wow. And and I've loved it ever since. But it don't get played no more. Yeah. Matter of fact, all my guitars I have left, or I don't know, you see pictures of them, but they're just sitting out there in a telly check because I can't find anybody anywhere, anywhere around that likes the Telecaster. <laughs> We're out here. <laughs> I love the Telecaster. I've seen pictures of your telly shack. It's just wall to wall filled up with tellies. Yeah. Yep. Now, That's how much I love them. How many Telecasters do you think I, you, you've, you've owned over the years? Well, I've had a hundred oh, at yeah. one time. Near a hundred, it was, I don't remember, on the walls. But I had the, the reissues from China, uh, Japan. Those uh, bound reissues, oh man, those were lightweight and cool little guitars. Yeah. But I could never get them down like I wanted to. Yeah. But I had a bunch of them. Yeah, those are cool. The I like the Japanese reissues. Those are they're decent little guitars yeah. and they're affordable. Oh yeah. You know, back in the day nobody really cared about originality. And uh yeah, I know. Now that's what everybody's concerned about. Yeah. And it's cuz they've got yeah. so valuable, you know. That's just but I I don't even know how you would have uh assessed the originality back in the day because there wasn't the resources, you know, but you probably you probably knew from looking at so many of them. Well, in start off, I uh, just observing the serial numbers and years and years old. Yeah. And the bridges, especially the bridges and the, and the looks and the feel. Yeah. Well, when they are, you know, that original. And then uh, A.R. Duchessois, what, what, what's his name? How do you yeah, say his that name? Yeah, that was a great book. That yeah, was he, a I called it the Bible back in the GDP days. Well, he came out with that book, and then everybody, all of a sudden, we had some resources to, to look up parts and dates. and Yeah. Yep. It was a good book. Not book. Just a great book. Do you have it? The Nachos book? I do. The, the yeah. Blackguard book? I do have a copy right here. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice, but I, I uh, worked in conjunction with him on that. Yeah. Also, he sent me some switches that were broken, 1501. I fixed them for him. All yeah. for his old Telecasters. Yeah. Wow. We did a lot of communicating back then. And then uh, my favorite section in, in Nacho's book is in, in the back there, all the nitty-gritty. Yeah. And that's yep. that's a term you came up with, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's 
what I call it, and him, a lot of his information came from me and others, of course. But I used to call it Telecaster archaeology, you know, because it's, yeah, it's, de- it's just all the details and all the history and all the parts. But that's what nitty gritty yeah. is, and a lot of people don't understand that. I know you got the Facebook, no. the Facebook uh, group, Telecaster Nitty Gritty, and so many people don't understand what that phrase means. Yeah, they, they get on there and they want to post pictures of uh, country stars or or pictures yeah. of you know whatever they they think uh, would be appropriate, but it's it's just a discussion page for Telecaster Nitty Gritty. No surprise to me. That is and that's what I wanted. I I wrote in the you know prologue. I don't want to see your guitar. I don't want to see your collection. I don't want to hear your stars, your favorite stars. I don't want to hear you playing. You know that's what I meant. Yeah. Yep. Because we've got so many guys on there that build guitars, have collections. Yeah. Right. It's not interesting to him, but I guess <laughs> it's not interesting to a lot of folks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I've 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 always enjoyed that group, especially when it's, you know, when people are actually posting real, yep. telly nitty gritty. Yeah, when your your post is always interesting. Well, the, and the TDP and, the TDP used to be real good about that. There used to be all kinds of nitty gritty well, on there. Well, Paul, in the in the beginning, Paul made yeah nitty gritty section. That's what he called it. Oh, really? Yep. It worked in conjunction with the main page, like a mad dog and all that. Yeah, I remember those days, yeah. man. Guys just couldn't help themselves. They just, yeah. They just ruined it. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of idiots out there. Oh, especially on the internet. Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, uh, that gets into a little bit of nitty gritty, but it just, I just wanted to ask you about the the D stamp that you find on a lot of early yeah. Telecasters, and you have a theory. No, don't. You have a theory about Pardon. that. You have a theory about what the D stamp means because nobody knows for sure what that means. But you no. have an interesting theory. There was a guy who stamped stupid part named Dalmeyer. Dalmeyer. And he stamped his D yeah, on the on the back part of them, and the supposition by both me and Nacho was that in 52 or 51, he came into the guitar building section. Yeah. And he was, I guess, it's better then or something. And he'd stamp it either on the neck or on the neck pocket or on both. Or they didn't have a stamp. Yeah, some of them didn't have a so stamp, it, right. It was never a critical thing. <clears throat> but from my point of view, when I tear one apart up here, first thing I'd look for, and almost always... A real old 52 or 3, they have it. A D stamp. Yeah. Yep, one place or the other. Yeah. On the right side of the neck or in the neck pocket. It mostly was in right in the gap or uh, near the gap. A lot of them are yeah. out. Mm-hmm. The greatest joy of my life was like that was a story. Oh, I'm, I'm losing it. And covered off the back like a strap and kept all the markings in it and then remarked the serial number in the neck. Oh, man, that was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, did, I tried to do some 
research on Paul Dalmeyer, and I just couldn't find there much. Nothing. There's a no. there's a picture of like the back of his head. Yep. And that's about all that you can find. That's about and all then, I could find. And the only other thing I found was a headstone. In Southern California Cemetery, there's a headstone for a Paul Dalmeyer, and the very well could have been. And the the date of death was uh, mid fifties there, and and that would yep. ma- that kind of makes sense because that's when the D stamp disappeared. Yeah, it disappeared at fifty four, I think. I haven't seen a fifty four. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it was for a couple years. Maybe it was old Paul Delmeyer putting that D stamp on there, but we'll never know. I I guess. I no. mean, we'll probably never know. Some things we just never gonna know. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, that is one of them. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I'll let you go, man. I I really appreciate you talking to me about some old tellies and okay. just about okay, Eric. Anytime about guitars. Uh, you want to talk? Just call. Right on, man. I appreciate it. A lot of things to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You betcha. Okay, Eric. Okay, thanks, God Fuzzy. Bless. God bless you too, man. Bye bye. Take care. Well, I really hope you enjoyed listening to that interview as as much as I as much as I enjoyed uh, doing it. Old Fuzzy, I'm just proud to call him a friend, and uh, I just it, it it I just can't tell you it it really it it means a lot to me to to uh, to interview him for the podcast. So I I hope that you really enjoyed it because uh, that was a that was a really special one for me, man. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to do more question and answer episodes, uh, so uh, submit your questions. Go to my website, ericdaw.com, E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click the contact link. Uh, or the other way to do it is to call 757-774-8482 and leave your voicemail there, and uh, we'll use your question or comment as part of the show. Tune in next week. Where we'll have more guitar news, guitar science, guitar opinions, and guitar craziness. <laughs> Thanks for listening.